Hi, it's Suzanne. This is Sunday Night Dinner. I'm recording this in my closet. My nine-year-old daughter is downstairs doing fractions or more likely watching YouTube. And I had no idea what day it was when I woke up this morning. Most of the world's practicing social distancing and I miss my friends. We're not going out much, maybe out back into our alleyway to play soccer, occasionally to the grocery store, but we spend most of our time inside together. And it's surreal. From my front window, I can look out onto a busy street that's much less busy these days. I feel lucky and pretty crazy at times, but I also find myself thinking a lot about comfort and connection. We may not be able to eat together right now, but in the next few days, I'm going to start releasing a series of very short podcast episodes that will feature writers, actors, healthcare superstars, comedians, musicians, artists, and chefs. They'll be talking about what they can see out their window, what they're cooking, who they're with, how they're staying busy, what kind of music they cook to, and who they'll be eating with when doors can be opened again. You'll hear from writer Miriam Taves, musician Lou Cannon, food writer Julie Van Rosendahl. You'll hear from my best friend, Suzanne Robertson, who works in the busiest ICU department in Canada and what food means to her right now. You'll hear from Molly Weisenberg, writer and co-host of the Spilled Milk podcast, chef Suzanne Barr, and many others. For a lot of people, the kitchen is where they gather with friends and family. I want to try to connect kitchens and to offer glimpses into those rooms so we can see what people are making and how they're finding comfort. Stay tuned for those mini episodes. Before that, though, I have a fun, full episode that features Lindsay Cameron Wilson and her 10-year-old son, Rex, in their kitchen in Halifax. I'm usually there recording each episode, but obviously that can't happen right now, so I reached out to Lindsay and asked if she would record herself, and she agreed. Thanks, Lindsay, and Rex. He did some recording, too. Lindsay is the creator of a podcast called The Food Podcast. She's a wonderful storyteller, a best-selling cookbook author, recipe developer, and an all-around food lover. She and Rex made molasses brown bread, and they did a beautiful job recording each other. Please check out Lindsay's podcast. You can find it at thefoodpodcast.com. There are episodes about wooden spoons and seaweed, jello, daily rituals, and she's talked to some insightful, talented, really exciting people. I highly recommend it. Okay, so let's head to Halifax. I am Lindsay Cameron Wilson, and this is Rex Wilson, who is my third son, and he is... Ten. Ten. And we're at home on a weekday because we're living in a pandemic. Everyone else across the world is also at home, I think. Um, Rex has just finished virtual school, so we're hanging out in the kitchen, and we're going to make something you know, choosing what to make depends a lot on the weather for me. So every morning when Rex wakes up, he usually comes into the kitchen and he says, Hey Google, what's the weather in Halifax today? In Halifax today, it'll be rainy with a forecasted high of three and a low of minus two. 
Right now it's two with rain. There's currently a rainfall warning in effect. It's kind of gray outside. It was sort of snow raining. It's the perfect day to make bread. So we're going to make my mother's molasses brown bread, and it's very much a maritime thing. And when I say maritime, I think of the land all along the ocean on the eastern seaboard, because I'm pretty sure that people make the same molasses brown bread in New England as well. Do you think so, Rexy? <laughs> um, it's my mom's mother's mother used to make this bread and she's from the Miramichi in New Brunswick and she always had the same thing every Saturday Rexy and my mom tried I think we had it too when we were little do you want to know the menu it was sliced brown bread always each slice sliced in half so you didn't get a whole piece you always got a half but then you could go back for more if you wanted and she served it with brown beans and cottage cheese do you like cottage cheese? No. You know, not very many kids do. And I have no idea why she served brown beans with cottage cheese, but it's something I'm used to. It's like a little cold kind of creamy condiment. And she also served it with, it went in season, sliced cucumbers with like a little drizzle of vinegar on top and sliced tomatoes if they were in season for a little touch of color. Um, but strangely, this recipe that we're going to make is not my grandmother's recipe. My mom got it from her friend, Brian Byrne, and he calls it Fred's bread. And we have no sweet clue who Fred is, but it's really Brian's bread. And like all good recipes, when you pass them along, they switch from, like, it's no longer Brian's bread. It's kind of my mom's bread. But I, I said my mom, but what do you call my mom? Marmy. Marmy. And Marmy is because she is the mother of four daughters. I am number two. And so Marmy's the grandmother in Little Women. But you haven't seen the new Little Women yet, have you? I don't like Little Women. So. <laughs> Not one of my three boys has seen Little Women or read the book with me, which is a shame. Um, okay, so we are doing this little record for Suzanne Hancock, who has a podcast called Sunday Night Dinner. And we are making a Sunday night dinner on a Tuesday because we're quarantined and every night feels like a Sunday night. You know, the kind of night where you take a little more time and you relax and you cook more. But that's what we seem to be doing every night. Uh, so what do we do, Rexy? What do we do now on Sunday nights in the wintertime? Um, we go to our cousin's house. We go to my sister's house, Lee's house. Yes. And it's such a treat because it's usually after um, skiing and we don't have a plan for dinner. And we don't have any groceries and we're tired and we come home and we unload and then we walk over to Lee's house. And it's always such a treat. When I was little, I always went to my aunt Susan and Uncle Fraser's house for dinner. And I remember, I can't remember the food so much. I wasn't as interested in the food when I was really little. But in their basement, they had this shag carpet, kind of like this orangey red shag carpet. And we'd hang out on there and they had a record player with a big dome and these chairs that swiveled around. And the funniest part of the night was after dinner when... We would get in, in our station wagon. It was a big blue station wagon, kind of like the Buzzwald station wagon. You know, know Chevy that. Chase's. 
Christmas vacation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where they have that big, huge tree on top of their station wagon. Yeah. We had a car just like that. And we would get in the car, and one of my cousins invariably always tried to hide in the car and come home with us. And this is before seatbelts were, like, I don't, I think some people may have used them, but they would just, they would just stuff themselves at our feet. And we, my parents would often drive a couple of blocks and then one of us would start giggling because <laughs> there was a cousin at our feet. And then they'd stop the car and reverse back up the hill, drop off the kid, and then keep on going. <laughs> That's what I remember about Sunday night dinners. All right. Um, the bread. Here is my recipe in my cookbook that is the kind of book, Rexy, where you write recipes down. You can't really, it's not like a binder. It's more like an old book, and my mom gave it to me. And here it says Fred's Bread from Brian Byrne um, and with the temperature and stuff. But what's all over the top of the recipe? Scribbles. Who did it? Me. <laughs> so I have in the corner, Rex, February 21st, 2012. Um, so I must have been making the bread, and Rexy just went to town on top of it with a ballpoint pen. <laughs> Beautiful scribbles, Rexy. You were about three at the time. I've been making this bread for a while because before I was a mother, I was a nanny in Montreal for a year after university. I had gone traveling a little bit, and then I went to Montreal and I was a nanny for this lovely family who are actually um, cousins of my now husband. That's how I got the job. And every morning I would arrive at this job, seven o'clock in the morning, and I would bring the newspaper in. It was the Montreal Gazette. And one day, inside the food section, which I always read first, there was a request from the editor. Her name was Julian Armstrong. And she said, please write me your favorite wintertime memory stories. Um, I'd love to hear them. So I didn't have a computer or anything. So I went home from my nannying job that day. And I wrote the story of my mom's bread with my handwriting. And I said, when I was little, I used to walk to school. And then I'd walk home and my mittens would be dangling from, a th from like a little cord from my snowsuit. And my nose was cold. And I was always just so excited to get home on the days that I knew my mom would be making bread. And I'd warm my mittens on the radiator. And then my sisters and I would put a big pat of butter on the top of the bread and let it melt. And then we could all, like the four of us, the four little women, could um, devour a whole loaf after school before my mom even noticed. And she'd kind of get mad at us if we ate it all at once. <laughs> so I wrote this whole story. And she wrote me back and said, we'd love to include your bread recipe in our newspaper and we'd like to send a photographer over. So I, we arranged for the photographer to come over and I had made the bread and I had made it in my tiny apartment the night before and I forgot to put the yeast in. And do you know what happens when you don't put the yeast in? What? Tastes terrible? No, it doesn't rise. Yeast is what makes it rise up. And I remember kneading the bread and then looking at the top. I didn't have any counter space in my kitchen. The, the, the counter was a cutting board that you had to put over the sink. 
and I had put the yeast in a bowl, you'll see when we make it together, on top of the fridge to let it get all frothy and start to grow. Mm -hmm. And I forgot to put that in the bread. Mm -hmm. And I called my mom and I said, oh, mom, can I just mix it in now? And she said, honey, you've got to start all over again. I'm so sorry. Anyway, the point of the story is the next day I went to work with my bread and ding dong, the doorbell rang and I went and answered the door and it was a photographer from the Montreal Gazette. And he said, hi there, I'm just looking for Mrs. Cameron. We're going to do a story on her bread memories. And I said, oh no, that's me. It's, I'm just Miss Cameron. <laughs> I'm Miss Lindsay Cameron. And he said, well, the woman that I was told to photograph is, I thought, like in her 80s, a grandmother. <laughs> and I realized that my letter written in my handwriting on a piece of paper could have been anybody, anyway, any age. I didn't give any clues away of my age or who I was. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, it all worked out. And so this is the newspaper right here. I saved it. Wait, Mommy saved this for 20 years. I know. Let's look at the date on it. Where is the date? The date. The food section, the Gazette. Wednesday, February the 26th, 1997. And this is a sound we don't hear anymore. Big newspapers being opened. All right, here we are. The first step in making the bread is to put the yeast, put in, the the yeast. in water. Yeah, it's kind of, here, just stick your finger in the water for me. Tell me how you feel. It's medium. Yeah, medium, exactly. It's supposed to be nice and warm to just give an environment for the yeast to grow. Why does the yeast smell like chocolate? Mm. God, it smells like beer to me, yeasty. So just give it a very, like, gentle little... Why does the water get thick after? Um, that's a really good question. I think it's because the yeast, which is, colors the yeast. Like, I would say, like, silverish gold? Yeah, it's just dissolving. Yeah, bronze, bronze. Yeah, gold. the bronze little balls <laughs> are dissolving <laughs> into the water. So you just leave this to bubble up. Yep. And grow. And this is the thing that I left on the top of my fridge in Montreal. So we are not going to do that. Okay, so what I want you to do is go get the kettle. I just boiled it. And I'm going to get the molasses. And how much molasses do we need? Alright, so we need one cup of molasses. Have you ever heard the expression slow as molasses? No. <laughs> It is because, okay, so molasses is sold in this kind of like a milk container, isn't yeah. it? And just look how slowly it pours out. Um, so this is so thick. And you know what? This is from a little plug for Crosby's. Crosby's is a old family business from New Brunswick. They've been making this molasses for generations. So now we're going to pour this really slow molasses, actually you can pour it, into a bowl. This is what makes it molasses brown bread. Into the bowl we have two cups of oats, rolled oats, 
and a quarter of a cup of butter. So, oh yeah, so he's just like folding molasses. The molasses is folding in ribbons on top of everything. And now the whole bowl is coated in this like chocolate brown lacquer. That's what it looks like to me. Next, we're going to put hot water in the measuring cup and pour it over the oats and melt the butter. Okay, so let's put two cups of boiling water right into this same measuring cup that the uh, molasses was in. It's gone from oh. like dark brown to beautiful amber color in the cup. Two cups is all the way up to there. Can you put hot water all the way up to there? It's, really, it's actually boiling water. Can you lift it? It's a full kettle, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm gonna get out some wooden spoons from the wooden spoon mix. jar, and you're gonna mix that. Just kind of break down the butter. Okay, so while Rex stirs one? the butter, it will eventually melt. Okay. Promise. I just don't. Yeah, oats, oats and the yeast and hot water is supposed to turn into bread. I know, it's kind of a, a miracle, <laughs> a science miracle. But it's not bread yet because there isn't any yeast in that mixture. In this bowl, I have four cups of whole wheat flour mm -hmm. and four cups of regular all-purpose flour. Mm -hmm. So now I need one and a half tablespoons of salt. And it sounds like a lot, but this is a lot of bread that we're going to make. flour. It's not a really big mixing bowl. I wish I had a bigger one. Oh my gosh. Meanwhile, look at the yeast. Check it out. <laughs> look what it's doing. Puffing up? Yeah. It's bubbling to the surface and dancing around. So that's how you know it's alive. If it's just sitting there doing nothing, your water was probably too cold or too hot. It's actually growing what? bigger what than that. <laughs> it was like what a flat heck? surface. Now it's a giant, now it's a hill. It looks, ooh. <laughs> Rex just flicked flour all over himself. That's okay. Shows that you're working. Okay, what does it say? Okay, scald the oats, butter, and salt in two cups of boiling water. Whoops, we put the salt in with the flour. I don't think that really matters. Add yeast to above mixture. Okay. Okay. So once we think the yeast is finished um, dancing, we're going to add it to this mixture, which is uh, the buttery molasses-y oatmeal-y mixture. And I just want to make sure that it's not too, too warm because we don't want to kill that, all that nice bubbly yeast. So I am going to give you full permission just to put your baby finger in there just to see. Oh, I don't think it's, um, don't worry, any germs get killed off. Don't worry. Because you put it in a really hot oven. <laughs> what does it taste like? Very bad. It does? Don't you think it tastes delicious? So here we have the yeast. It's been about 10 minutes of dancing and bubbling. Now the hill falling. 
Yeah, it looks like sand got taught, like falling through an hourglass in there. Oh, I just don't want this molasses mixture to be too hot. Take the risk, mommy. Take the risk? Okay. Okay, you stir, I pour. We're going in with the yeast. Oh, dear. Okay, can you scoop out all those yummy bits at the bottom? What's the sound of wooden spoon on Pyrex measuring cup? Okay, so now you pour that mixture into the flour mixture. So now we have a bowl with flour and molasses and oatmeal and butter and some dancing yeast. And you give that a stir. This is probably a good time to tell everyone that I am working with one arm. Why did I do that? Why am I working with one arm? Um, because you dislocated one. I dislocated my shoulder. We had just had a really nice ski day before all the ski hills in British Columbia closed down. And I went for a nice snowy walk. And I was taking pictures of snowtop trees because mm-hmm. they look like marshmallows to me. Mm-hmm. And I was taking pictures and I slipped and fell and I dislocated my shoulder. And I had to go to the emergency hospital and they had to put it back in. Ugh. So this means that Rexy is a critical player in the making of the bread because I can't need the bread. So we put flour on the counter and the counter's nice and clean and now he's going to tip this like shaggy mess of a dough which is now shaggy's the best word. Yeah. Can you say? Yes. It's like brown with bits of white flour still in. Mm-hmm. And we have to knead it. And we've just watched a little YouTube video because I can't demonstrate um, how, but Rexy's got it. He's going to push with his hands and his body weight and then turn the dough, a quarter turn, fold it and push and do it again and again and again for, I haven't told you this part yet, for about nine minutes. Nine minutes. Nine minutes. Nine minutes. (laughs) Do you remember why we're supposed to knead the bread? Mm. So it f- makes it form? It, well, it, it strengthens the gluten strands, yeah. which is what like gives the bread the structure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Let's tip it out. Okay, so now you can just start your kneading process. So what is it? So just push, push, push. Yep, use your body weight. I'm gonna look at the time. Okay, and then you turn it, a quarter turn. Push, like with all your might. Yes. Good. And some people like kneading because they say it gets rid of all their stress. Can you see how that would help? Yeah, a little. Okay. Twist, fold, push. The heel of your hand. Oh, thanks. Push with the heel of your hand. Yeah. Oh, careful. <laughs> Bit too far push. Yeah, there's so much farther on this countertop. <laughs> You're really putting your body weight into it. The problem is that the counter height's a little high for a 10-year-old. So it's hard to like put yeah, jump. You got it. Um, now I'm recording my mom doing it. I'm kind of doing like a one arm knee. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am also getting a workout. 
every kind of thought about life and all the changes that we're going through and actually how simple it is, is coming out into this, um, this dough. And do you know what I've been thinking about, Rex? What? One of the downsides of being at home is that I think we are all, as a, as like a culture, on our phones too much now. Yes. Do you find you get, you're on screens a lot? I was on my phone for double the usual time yesterday. <laughs> the microphone is right at my mouth. Um, for double the amount of time. And I felt like so bad about that. But I was doing an online like yoga video for people with an injured arm. I was looking at Instagram. I was watching an online concert on Instagram. Um, every night Jill Barber sings on Instagram. I don't want to miss that. Um, just to say it's four. So it's four o'clock. So I have been officially needing, my turn has been about two minutes long. But what I want to say about phone use is that when you're making bread, your hands are so dirty, not dirty, um, sticky. So you really can't touch your phone. So if you want to just get away from your phone, do an activity that makes it really hard to touch your phone. So now the bread dough is like a perfect golden ball of, it's not perfectly smooth because it has oatmeal in it. Um, and you, what did you do to the bowl that we're going to let it rise in? I put butter in it. Yeah, to make it all greasy. And so that means that as the dough rises, it, it will just like have a nice smooth environment to rise in. So what we do is we put this ball in the buttery bowl and then we cover it with a tea towel because you're trying to make it cozy. And then I'm gonna walk it over to this chair. Can you just feel that radiator and tell me if you think it's warm? This one? No, the other one. No, it's cold. Hmm, Where should, where's the warmest place in this house? Like where's the coziest place for this for our sweet little... Your room. My room. Your room. All right, let's go. Anyway, we are in my room now. The bread dough is sitting in a warm spot kind of under the window in the afternoon sun. And I think it'll be happy there. We're going to leave it there for exactly one hour, Rex. Mm -hmm. Can you set the alarm? Exactly and hopefully it will grow by then. Until then, yours truly, Lindsay Wilson, and Rex Wilson. Okay, so the last time we were here together, we were just leaving the bread in a warm, sunny spot in my bedroom. But as we know, it was raining all day, and we had this like random sunny moment that went away. So I remembered, Rexy, that in our oven we have a proofing feature, which is proofing is, is rising your bread or rising your dough. So I turned it on and I put the bread in there and it was like this nice, not too hot, not too cold, cozy environment. And the bread rose in there. And then I couldn't find you. Mm -hmm. I don't know where you were. Somewhere in the house. Mm -hmm. And... <laughs> And then I um, took the bread out and I said, Rexy, where are you? Couldn't find you anywhere. So it was time to, to like cut 
the dough into three balls, knead them a little bit, and then put them in three different pans and put them back in the oven to rise. So that's what we did. And then in that time, I still couldn't find you. And then I cooked the bread at 350. Three balls in three loaves in the oven. <laughs> and now the bread is out. Let's fast forward. And I have another son. I picked up another son. What's your name? Charlie. So Charlie is going to reenact what I did as a girl coming home from school. He has a piece of, like he has a, like a, a block of butter in his hand wrapped in um, like the metal wrapper. He's going to rub it all over the top of the bread. Looks very good. Okay, that's good. Let's cut into this nice little one. Just cut at the end. So he's got... No, don't eat the end. Okay, so the reason why you don't eat the end. (laughs) Oh my God, you sound like my mother. So the end piece keeps the rest of the loaf fresh. So you keep that end piece, and then you slice away. Okay, so what do we think? Have we cooked it well? It's very warm. 350 um, times 50 minutes. Oh, it looks really good. Okay, Rexy, this is our moment. Oh, it's exactly the way it's supposed to be. Thank you, Rex, for helping me make the bread. Now you can have a cookie. (laughs) 